your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, February 4th. As you listeners may have noticed, once again, we are still using computer audio on today's podcast. I promise when I am back in Indianapolis tomorrow, super producer Daniel Westoff will ensure that everything is straight from a technology standpoint moving forward. That said, we had to record an episode for all of you listeners today as it is Championship Sunday here at the Challenger event, the 2024 Cleveland Open. Of course, it's been a thrill for me to be back here at this event. Sixth year it's been running. I believe it's my fifth year as an MC, and you know, thus I've grown accustomed this time of year to being, dare I say, the perfect thorn in the side of the man who is joining me on the podcast once again. It has become an annual, dare I say, twice annual tradition to be joined by this man, a man you all know as the tournament director for all things here at this ATP Challenger event in Cleveland. Of course, that role all-encompassing. How do the trains move on time here? How do players know what to do, where to go? What do fans get to turn to for ensuring that they have the best experience possible at this Cleveland event? It is all because of this man and his team joining me once again on the podcast. Tournament director, czar for all things top-notch tennis, it's our dear friend Alex Guthrie. Guthrie, welcome back to the show. Championship Sunday, my friend. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, welcome back to the state of Ohio. It's always, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Um, but in all seriousness, really excited to have this final day and a great match on tap. Uh, for the crowd today. Yeah, well, it's always nice to return to Ohio as a national champion. They honored me as such when I walked in. A lot of uh, cold shoulders, uh, certainly. Uh, no, everyone's been so gracious and so kind. And I mentioned this already for our listeners, but this is year six of this event, which is crazy to think out loud, but like this event started kindergarten. This event's in first grade. It's potty trained, walk in, speak in English. And I'm curious if on your end, year number six, things do get easier. Like, What is it now that you guys are prepared for that maybe you weren't initially? Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, year six versus year one or year yeah. two or year three is is, is easier. But um, with that being said, we're not very complacent. We want to keep growing and we don't, there's a lot of things we can hit copy and paste on, but then there's also a lot of things. How do we improve and make it fresh for the sponsors, for the audience um, that are coming here and supporting Pro Tennis here. Yeah, and it does feel as though, first of all, you see a lot of familiar faces, fans coming back year over year as they can't get enough of the tennis, but you know, talk. it does feel like there's some serious community buy-in now that again, it's not just the same fans, it's the same sponsors, it's the same people who just want to support this event. And look, that's the million dollar question in tennis, right? Maybe even literally million dollar question is how do you get people in the community to buy in and support the tennis world, dare I say, how have you guys done that here in Cleveland? Well, yeah, here in Cleveland specifically, um, started with this event six years ago and um, started from the club membership, getting that buy-in from them, and then from there expanding to the Northeast Ohio community. And then that's when we felt confident to take a leap and uh, get start our WTA 250, mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle Ross and Sam Duvall doing that. Um, but yeah, so from there, we've just been continuing to grow and grow um, our footprint here at the club, but also here in Cleveland Tennis as well. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, again, you mentioned at the 250 event, which is coming back for another year. I believe this will be year three, uh, four, four. four. Yeah, yeah. 
We're getting old. That's what that's that's what that's telling me, Guthrie. Got two kids about to be in school. Yeah, exactly. We're, yeah. we're gonna start paying bills, yeah. my friend. That's gonna be no fun. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, again, talk to me about the sponsor specifically. Obviously, serving as MC, I've gotten the chance to know people like Andy Garden at U.S. Bank, even the Tub of Towels crew. But it's beyond that. It's things like Little Rackets, which our listeners won't know, but that is a program here in. Is this Northeast Ohio? Yeah, here in Northeast Ohio uh, that offers opportunities to players who might not otherwise have it to explore tennis and use that as a gateway to all sorts of positives the sport can bring into your life. Talk to me about those partnerships specifically. And, you know, again, dare I say, what do you do to, you know, why is it that Andy Garden keeps coming back? What is it about this event? Well, yeah, it goes without saying. Andy Garden, without uh, without her support and the support of U.S. Bank, this event uh, becomes completely different and a different type of challenge. So, um, yeah, thank you to her. But I think it's uh, connecting with each sponsor individually and um, in, in our team here all doing it. But... Yeah, finding out what what uh, turns the wheels for them, what gets them motivated to support this event. Um, is it doing a call, coin toss on, yeah. on a Sunday afternoon? Is it um, hitting with a pro? Is it do, uh, having lunch with a pro, um, et, et cetera, et cetera. So I think um, we've done a good job really connecting with each sponsor individually and kind of hitting their goals um, for supporting this event. How helpful is it to have player buy-in? Because that's something I've been fortunate to speak with a bunch of players on the ground. They all rave about the job you and the top-notch team do. And it's not just Alex Guthrie. For you listeners at home, there are so many different people. Polko, Ben, Alexa, obviously Sam, and everyone in between. I'm, I'm missing names. It would take us too long to name them all. But, I mean, I guess, what are the things for other tournament directors or people who are curious, what are the things you think you guys do that does have players raving. So rather than me tell you what they're saying, I'm curious what what it is that you guys are focusing on to ensure the player experience is where it needs to be. No, certainly. Um, and, and yeah, as Alex said, um, we have a great team. It's, it's certainly not just me. We have a team of about 15 people here this week that are working day in, day out, have been working since the new year to get this event off the ground. So um, I mean, it, a lot of it is the hard work they put in, um, but, but also, let's start with the facility the facility is awesome and um no disrespect to other challenger tour events but uh, and me running another one of them in columbus um, i could say this but it's one of the nicer facilities on the challenger tour in the u.s and i mean uh they it's a brand new gym it's a brand new uh, locker room um, they have on-site dining with a fantastic menu so like start starting from there um, I think is a, is a big piece that's kind of out of our scope or out of our um, control that just happens to be a perfect fit with the club. But then also just taking care of the, the little things, the hotels, practice courts, um, things. So that way the players don't have to worry about other things going on in the event and they just have to worry about their tennis and everything else is taken care of for them. On the other side of that equation, it does feel like players understand, because to your point, this Cleveland Racquet Club is gorgeous. And you say it's out of your control. The part that was in your control is you chose to have the event here six years ago. And obviously that's paid dividends and a thank you to the club for hosting us again. But no, you know, nailing those little details, that's why the players are willing to interact with the sponsors, right? That's why the players are willing to do those things. I feel like you know, again, happy players, happy life. And that does seem to be the theme here at uh, this Cleveland Open. Yeah, and it, it, truly the club itself is a community. And then yeah. they, they, the members certainly embrace the players as their own um, throughout the week. And the players really, like, 
feel that they yeah. they feel like they're just living in a country club for a week and being a me- like a member here and um, fully embracing the club. So I mean, props to the Cleveland Racquet Club membership and um, for just the community they have here. I was well. I was at dinner last night with a player. I guess I'll leave that player's name out of this podcast, but. Uh, a fan from the event offered said player a drink. And I guess this <laughs> narrows who one of the two players were, but that player's like, ah, I got the final tomorrow, so I'm going to reject the drink, but I appreciate the offer. And it's just like, I've been in a million events. I don't think I, I've been fortunate to go to some meals with players over the years. That's the first time I've seen that happen. And I loved it. Like, it just speaks to this Cleveland community embracing this sport. The best part was uh, about five minutes after that happened, I got a call from that set <laughs> saying that he just offered uh, the player a drink. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's very cool. It was, you know what, I'll say it. He doesn't care. I went to dinner last night with Ethan Quinn. And Ethan, who's also 19, who made that clear to the bartender, he's like, I'm very flattered. I'm also very 19. And he was, it was just, it was a fantastic experience all the way around. And it just speaks to, again, the, joy that is had in this community and obviously i mentioned the name there our final ethan quinn versus patrick kipson that's a really good final for fans who follow this show they'll be more aware but maybe if you're not ethan quinn ncaa champion he's now the ninth highest ranked teenager in the world as a result of his run this week you have a guy in patrick kipson who's won two out of the last three or maybe the last two uh, wildcard challenges because there's not one for Wimbledon and gets a wildcard into the French Open main draw, wildcard into the Australian Open main draw. This is a guy who's a former Boys 18's Kalamazoo champion, which is the most prestigious junior event you can win in American junior tennis. Those are our two finalists. It's been a heck of a week tennis-wise, hasn't it? it certainly has, and um, even the names you didn't mention, Dennis Kudla, Tennis Sangren, sure. James Duckworth. I mean, uh, Emilio Nava, another yes. 22-year-old who had us all captivated. Yeah, I mean, our our quarterfinals on Friday were some probably the best day of quarterfinal action yeah. we've ever had in the six years here. Uh, three of the four went three sets, but but yeah, with Patrick, um, he had an incredible fall, as you mentioned, getting that um, USTA wildcard into the Australian Open. And it's cool that he can uh, come back from Australia and pick up where he left off on the American indoor hard courts. Um, and then you have Ethan Quinn, who let's make this clear, this won't be his last challenger final, but, <laughs> but it's his first. So it's a really cool thing for the tournament and for him, obviously, um, to, to get to experience that here in Cleveland. And, and also shout out to uh, Coach Brian Garber, yeah. who was co- here with uh, Alex Kovacevic last year. So as of this point, as of this recording, Brian Garber is nine for nine in the last two years yeah. with, with his players. So maybe, maybe there's something he's doing that he knows where the uh, the, the funny bounce may be, yeah. something, something like that. The but special no, sauce. But no, uh, incredible match about um, about to be seen by these fans here. I think he said he's gone like to Flower for dinner 11 straight nights, like between Kova and Ethan. And he's just like, dude, I... There are worse places. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Yeah, delicious meal last yeah. night. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because obviously Kova now, top 100 player. It's funny, you know, a guy I was thinking of, this is the first year, sixth year of this event, where Robert Galloway is not in the doubles yeah. final because yeah. he's now a top 100 player, so he's not here either. And I just think back over the years, Streaker versus Nishioka, what a final that was. Cressy makes his first challenger final here all those years ago. He becomes a top 100 player. I'm curious from the fan appeal side because obviously continuity in fields is all it there's nothing better than when a fan feels like hey i know this guy you know tennis has been coming a couple of years could a couple of years like there there's some clear buy-in I, tennis angren has a cult following here at this event but that's a yeah maybe a discussion <laughs> for just a different time more broadly 
on your end, because it is a challenger, right? And in theory, this should be a step to making the tour level. Does that make your life hard knowing like there's not always continuity in the field? Well, I think that's just the blessing and the curse of being okay. on the challenger tour. Um, and, and it truly is supposed to be a stepping stone. So yeah. it, it's a good thing. Well, yeah, someone like Robert Galloway, who I've gotten to know for all the other tournaments, it, it's it's cool to yeah. not see him here. Yeah. You know, like it's one of those things you love to see the players back, but also you want them to not need the points to come here. So yeah. it's it's a it's a fine balancing act. But whenever they do maybe come or come back, um, we certainly love to have them. But also. Um, yeah, we had 27 players in the main draw of the Australian Open, 27 alumni. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's really cool, even if a player like a Stricker or a Nishioka or um, name, name your person that comes and plays in this event, the club members still, and, and the fans in Northeast Ohio, just follow them from here on out so they become lifelong Stricker fans. Yeah. This this 19-year-old Swiss boy that came <laughs> exactly. two years ago, um, now all of a sudden, like if he wins a big match, I, I can't come in the club without someone mentioning it to me. Yeah. So it, it's kind of the blessing of the curse. Even if they don't come here, yeah. they still um, get lifelong fans from, yeah. from the tournament. And it's also just a great week on the calendar. Like, I wonder if you've noticed that as well, how much the blessing is that first post-Australian Open week where Dallas starts next week. So, you know, ATP play not really kicking off here in North America. Yeah. Players who lost re week one of the Australian Open desperate for matches. Is it a good week? Like, is this the right week on the calendar? No, it's certainly uh, by design that we're here. We, yeah. we, we like being the first American challenger in the, um, in the new year. Um, we like to be the first option people have if they want to get a couple matches in before going to Dallas on the hard courts. So, yeah, we, we love this week. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me ask you about tennis quickly because I'm curious how much Quinn you had seen coming into this week. What do you think of his game? I mean, I, for me, it's the serve, the forehand. Like how it just feels like he's always moving forward into the court. No, I mean, certainly I've seen a lot of him on the pro circuit and mm. in college um, as a big college tennis mm. fan myself. But yeah, I mean, he's even if he doesn't win this match or for that match, he's doing a lot of the right things that are going to set him up for long-term success. And that's, I mean, as a 19-year-old, that's what you're focused on. You're not, it, yeah, as important as this first challenger final is for him today. Um, it's about the process and doing the right things for him. Lesser 19-year-olds would have accepted that drink. Yeah. He, you know, lesser <laughs> ones would not have been as serious. No. I agree with you there. On the other side of the equation, I watched Patrick Kipson, and look, again, he was a highly touted junior in his class, and a lot of injuries have slowed him down the last few years, but I think this is a top 100 final. Like, it reminds me of that streaker Nishioka final, and there, are to there have been times here over the years where you're like, oh, yeah, this w these two shouldn't be here next year. I don't want to be rude to the tournament. I don't know if we're going to see these two next year. Ethan more so than Patrick, honestly, because, like, watching the 24-year-old, it's just clicking. No, again, a, ble a blessing and a curse. Yeah. If they're not here next year, it's probably a good thing yeah. uh, for, for their tennis. But, um, but yeah, Patrick, obviously, um, he... He, he, it's a new Patrick Kipson out there, you mm -hmm. know, and some of that is the health related. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's fun to see him playing great tennis because I've seen him at these events in the past and a lot of early exits. But now things are finally clicking, and um, he's a great guy. So I'm, I'm, yeah, happy happy for him. Taller and stronger in person than yeah. I expected. Yeah, like, yeah. That's where I was like, oh, okay, like you do have some size, you have some weapons to throw around, and I don't know what he's great at. 
but he's good at everything. That's like my first takeaway as I look at this final. And again, it's going to be really fun uh, final. You can all watch it on the ATP Challenger live stream, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Moving beyond just this event, I know obviously this is one of two parts of the Tennis in the Land series, dare I say, here in Cleveland. You've got the Challenger here in February, and then the 250 coming up again in August. Again, that will be its fourth year of yes. existence. There we go. It's coming together. My third year there. That's Did it really matter if I wasn't there, folks? That's a question I'll let all of you listeners. The answer is yes, it mattered. We but, messed up your one. That's yeah. <laughs> Quick correction. Course correction. Um, <laughs> no, I had to become a covered person before you could have me. And now that now I've crossed the T's and dotted the I's. Um, I'm curious, because it is an Olympic year, and there's just a lot of tennis this summer, how all planning is going for the fourth annual Tennis in the Land WTA 250? Uh, going well. Um, we're, we're excited to be back in our new venue that we're in. Um, that we were in this past year in the parking in a parking lot. Yeah. Um, and let's make this clear: we literally start building two weeks, or three weeks before the event, and it, from a parking lot, we build a stadium, we build five other mad five other courts. Um, but but yeah, every everything's going very well, um, and yeah, I think long term the goal is a permanent facility at some point. Sure. Um, so we don't have to do that, <laughs> but, but no, everything's going well. We're, we're excited for year four and we have some other cool projects going on too, um, that the top notch team has been grinding on. We have our first ever, uh, pickle in the land. We had our first ever pickle. Yeah. In the land. That was where I was going next. Talk to me about yeah, it. Yeah. So we did that back in December. It was a joint venture with the uh, Cleveland sports commission and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. Um, so we had some good power behind that, but yeah, we had, uh, 600 people, um, Playing twenty courts over six hundred. Six hundred. Yeah. How many days is this event? It's three days. Oh my so, god! Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that was an exciting first endeavor, and then um, yeah, also getting into squash recently. Yeah. We're it's... in the squash game, so we did. We were just in Florida a couple weeks ago. Um, did our first ever pro squash tournament. Okay. Um, kind of the equivalent level of like an ATP five hundred, WTA okay. five hundred. So it was it was a big deal, and then um, yeah, we have squash in the land starting. March, uh, March 5th. Is that going to be here? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be here as well as... Um, the here me in the Cleveland Racquet yeah, Club. Yeah, the, yeah. Fi the finals are going to be downtown at Playhouse Square in a theater. Really? With a temporary glass court. That so. is awesome. Because why, why make anything easy and, yeah, no. we got... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, come on, it's a first year attempt. You got to, yeah, blow it all up. By the way, building a stadium in a parking lot, that some of you listeners will hear that and say, that sounds funky, but let's be clear. I tweeted out the photo last year. I'm not, viral is a loose term. Tennis Twitter viral, we'll say it went, because this is the most beautiful urban scenery we have in American tennis, like right under the bridge, city in the background. There was a moment last year when you knew lightning was coming. And again, big picture for the tournament. That was not a fun moment, but scenic image wise, that is an iconic, that was an iconic image. And you just don't get that elsewhere in tennis. Yeah. And so I guess that idea of tennis in the land, because this challenger is a Cleveland challenger, but we're in the suburbs yeah. of Cleveland. The WTA 250 event is not in the suburbs. Like that is tennis in downtown Cleveland, the land. And so you talk about a permanent home. Do you want to stay in the city? Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. want to stay in the city. And when uh, when the the event first got started, we did a lot of site visits, obviously trying to figure out where to go. We did a, a lot in the suburbs, but yeah. ultimately 
um, it was important to Sam and Kyle to make it so it's downtown, even yeah. if it made life a little hairier for us. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, it, um, our commitment is to be downtown yeah. as long as we can. My grandma is still yeah. eternally grateful that you guys had her last year. So you got me a lot of street cred, and I'm yeah. eternally grateful that you had her. Hopefully we will be back this year as well. Um, yeah, you mentioned it, squash. Paddle, I know, is is something you guys are talking about. Paddle in the land, in the horizon? Uh, well, uh, for starters, me, uh, Sam, yeah. Andrew Tremera, the owner of Grand Slam Tennis Tours, and another club member here, we got our paddle fix in this morning. Yes. So, yeah, it was a good way to start a championship Sunday, but uh, yeah, may, maybe paddle in the land one day. That's what I like to hear, or paddle in the land. We'll see, yeah. maybe a little yeah. double event. Some will be paddled, the other will be paddle. But yeah, yeah no, it, it is, again, the racket sport community more broadly. I mean, sometimes stupid people argue about pickleball versus tennis and don't realize the symbiotic nature of the two and the fact that it's racket sports and people who play pickleball either used to play tennis or are maybe inherently intrigued by the racket sport. Have you noticed that more so than the adverse relationship between the two, that it's actually very much an overlap? And that is that perhaps why Top Notch starts to get into them? I, I think so, yeah. And, and we're really starting to find our footing. We, we are a racket sports company. Yeah. Um, we've we've had we had our golf division, we had our soccer division, but we're we're truly focusing on racket sports um, these days with squash and pickleball. But but yeah, I think the uh, there's a, there's a ton of overlap within. Um, just the business itself, but also the playing of it, and obviously the fans as well. But but yeah, uh, we're trying to um, get tennis people into pickleball, pickleball into tennis as much as we can. Because if the two both co- if they coexist, then but it makes both better. All all this was a setup for me to ask. Last year, you guys had a pickleball court on site at the Tennis in the Land WTA 250 event. And that's where I say they build the stadium in a parking lot. It's a massive parking lot. So it's just a massive grounds for cool things like that to exist. And you could see people playing pickleball like throughout the midst of this. Is that something you want to expand to where it's maybe not just like one court, but is that something you guys want to build on knowing, hey, if the courts are here, the people will come. Once the people are in the building, they're going to buy the concessions. They're going to go to the matches. All these things. Is that part of the strategy? Yeah, I, th- I think that's some of it. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if we would do more than one pickleball court, but maybe a uh, like a small ten and under court yeah. or um, like tennis wise. Sure. So, um, yeah, just give other because because really with our week two and and our two fifty. Um, you never know what the player field's going to be like being yeah. the week before a slam. Yeah. So it's re- we're really focusing on the event outside the tennis and. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having things like putt putt, like pickleball, um, ways to get people downtown that may not come downtown, mm-hmm. um, I think is the biggest goal for us. And then once they're there, um, they could see how amazing the tennis is and hook them in, and hopefully um, they become lifelong tennis fans. As long as Nicole Melkar Martinez and Ellen <laughs> Perez are there, we'll have a full house. So I'm not worried. Those two are Cleveland legends. I am yes. curious, more broadly, you talk about top notch. You guys are a racket sport company. Obviously, good week for top, you know, good start to the year for top notch. It was yeah. great to see Cam Norrie obviously get a huge win over Casper Rude and yeah, yeah. right the ship there. Caroline's been playing great tennis of late. Talk to me, all things top notch. Tyson's been playing great pickle of yeah. late. Got to throw out all the guys. And then who beat Ben Johns? Jaime something something. Jaime Martinez. That, that's what it is. Yeah. I knew I started hearing the name again. I'm, I'm in the loop, but talk to me, all things top notch. How's, yeah, how's, no. the, how's the, the top notch world? You no, know, a lot of good stuff going on. You mentioned Cam's wins in Australia. Um, Chris O'Connell had a very cool win over um, mm-hmm. Christian Garin. I was up till 5 a.m. watching that because <laughs> um, I, w- I was in Florida for the squash event during it. But um, 
Yeah, and then uh, Diana Schneider winning her first 250 this morning. She won? Uh, I haven't even won. looked at the scores. Yeah, My yeah. phone's been dead. I'm having some <laughs> phone issues. We'll talk about that afterwards, but she won? Yeah, she won. Die, so. Schneider, lady, yeah. die! Yeah, so, um, no, a lot of a lot of good stuff. And then you mentioned the pickleball. I don't personally keep up with the results as much, but I know Tyson is in a final today. So, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, a lot of good a lot of good stuff going on all around yeah. top-notch. No, it's, it's awesome to see. And, again, you guys continue to have – it's not just this event. I know you are obviously – working with the Midland Dow Tennis Classic. You're working with uh, the Columbus Challenger, as you mentioned, Tennis in the Land as well. You guys are killing it. And I'm curious, that event management side of things, I feel like you are the one, you're the one who spearheads a lot of that. They are, or dare I say, you're the one the burden falls onto <laughs> to, okay, we're gonna manage this event. Is that something you guys are going to continue to build upon? Yeah, we, we'd certainly like to. And um, yeah, with this is our sixth event since Tennis in the Land. So okay. we've had six events in six months. That's so solid. And uh, yeah, our, our team's done an incredible job. Um, keep, keep, I mean, it's it's not easy to one, run one event mm-hmm. or two events or three. And yeah, six in six months. It, it's been it's been wild. Um, yeah, we, we certainly um, would like to keep growing American tennis or squash or whatever pickleball so yeah whatever the unique opportunity that may come our way we're certainly interested and yeah want to keep growing our events division for sure yeah well again you guys are the best in the business i've seen and managing these events last three questions for you and i think one of them if i'm one of them might get you in trouble so you can tell me if you don't want to answer it otherwise but uh just more broadly because i like your tennis mind i know you're watching i'm curious right now Yannick Sinner, Carlos Alcaraz, who's the better player in your mind? Uh, I don't. I don't think my opinion's uh, valid enough to. Uh, That's where you're so wrong. <laughs> you know tennis. Like, don't let. He's a tournament director, but that tournament direction. It's not because he had some didn't want to do something else in life. It's because this is a man who loves the sport. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pass on that. Okay, question, but they're. But they're, I'm telling you, it's only gonna get there. better from here. Question yeah. number two: Would you have fired Ryan Day? <laughs> <laughs> Ohio um, State football coach. Uh, no, um, I. That's the correct answer. I would not have. Certainly would not have fired him. Um, look, Michigan. <laughs> so, last year was just the better team. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Ohio State was the better team the previous years, but Michigan played a better game. Um, but but no, I think um, between a couple new coaches, Ryan Day's brought in. Um, and all i mean all the players that we brought oh, in and, it's crazy <laughs> I mean, it's, it's incredible but um to answer your question no i'm a big ryan day fan and um i i think uh the big the big tens in control you know michigan the, the right side is Michigan won last year, Ohio State will win this year. So it's it's now, it's Big Ten football, not no. SEC what? Like, I've said for right. years, Washington has always been a Big Ten school. And so welcome to the crew. No, I agree with you. When when six of your like eight losses are to the eventual national champion of that season, I think you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's my theory. He's like six years in as well. He and this Cleveland, uh, yeah. Cleveland Open yeah. merge at the hip. Last exactly. question for you. And this is where I know you're willing, I think you know where I'm going here. The Ohio State singles lineup. What should it be? <laughs> oh, wow, man. Uh, well, Coach Tucker certainly knows uh, <laughs> knows knows his players Damn better straight. than I do, um, and those guys are great. Um, yeah, getting to be involved with Columbus, I I know them all pretty well. Luchanig one. Luchanig one. Stearns two. You're on the right track. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, Danny he, Thomas comes back to play three. Jeez. 
Yeah. That's a main item. We'll bring Herkopollen uh, in a little four action. Yeah, no. Mecha five DS six. I just uh yeah, Rob Cash at three. Yeah. I, <laughs> three doubles. I mean yeah, I'm just no, he I mean and it's legit. You can't you can't argue against it. The most amazing thing is you could literally roll a dartboard in a circle and just fire darts at it and like if all the positions are names and you're like first dart to hit, boom. Yeah. All right, Tracy, you're playing one today. <laughs> like, like sorry, that's where the dartboard hit or like you move outdoors, Bernard, we're going to throw you at one cuz you were the best player on our team in Orlando last year. Yeah. Like I mean, Anthrop had a massive summer. Cannon made his first Challenger semifinal yeah. and then Justin Boulay as I've there are some reports here. I, this is the joy of being in Cleveland. I can't go anywhere without getting a report on Ohio State tennis in this racket club, which I love, by the way. Yeah. But a lot of Boulay talk that he's looked excellent yeah. through the first month and big one today against Wake Forest. Yeah, and uh, I told you this earlier off the record, but I think one of the most intriguing things of an Ohio State tennis match is like, what's alive, what's alive? Because yeah. I'm so fascinated. I to know. See but, um, but no, as you mentioned, they're all playing good and even running the Columbus Challenger, like when when they're in the draw, mm -hmm. like you, I, I expect them to actually win those matches. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just like, oh, um, yeah, name your player gets a chance to play a pro tennis because he has a wild card here. No, it's like those guys actually may win this tournament. Like 100%. Cannon got to the semis. Uh, yeah. Trotter and one doubles. Trotter and Cash one doubles. Yeah, and uh, Trotter one doubles here yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, and he's uh yeah hasn't lost in Ohio in, in quite some time. <laughs> yeah, literally. But yeah, no um, big things coming for the Bucks tennis program this fall. I'm hoping to make it down there for South Carolina next week, but we'll see. Men and women, because by the way, the women's team. Coach Shop's freshman. Like, yeah, I know yeah. Perry's playing the highest of the bunch, and Audrey Spencer's really good. Taya Chavez. I'm just telling you. Like, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna put 7% chance she's a future top-notch client. I'm just going to throw that out there. Just a little just a little planting of the seed because the weapons of that. I mean, again. Taking notes for our wild card. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Throw a little test in the land quality spot, yeah, something yeah, like that. But... Alex Guthrie, tournament director here at the Cleveland Open. Sincerely, you do a fantastic job. This is always my favorite way to start the year. It's the first trip I get to make, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you for taking the time to chat with me, and as always, thank you for having our Crack Rackets team here. No, and again, uh, you guys always elevate our event here, so thank you guys, and always a pleasure to spend some time with you. And of course, I have to do this twice a year, so OH. I there it is. Thank you, Guthrie.